Hello, Crossroads and guests. This is Pastor Lee. We're so glad that you've tuned in to our podcast today. I want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out my blog at pastorlee.org, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope the message today inspires and encourages you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. Are you glad to be here today? Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 through 3, we're continuing this series, In His Steps, talking about what happens when you walk in the steps of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, this is a long sermon. We may be here till 4 or 5 today, so I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Amen. Somebody give that person a big hug. Whoever's clapping for that. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. It says, after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, John the Baptist was in prison, when he heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? John wasn't sure. I want you to think about this. This is John the Baptist. The Bible says that John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Everybody say cousin. Now, you know when you get around with your cousins, you can tell that they're family because they all snort like you and they look like you and they dress like you. And, And so John the Baptist was a cousin to Jesus. The Bible says that when Mary, still pregnant with Jesus, went to go and see Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother. While he was still in the womb and they were in the womb, when, when Jesus, in the womb of his mother, walked into the room, John the Baptist, in the womb of his mother, leaped because he knew that Jesus had just walked in. This is an interesting thing because I want you to see that John the Baptist, full of the Holy Spirit, even in the womb of his mother, already knew who Jesus was. Already knew who he was. Later, when John was already in the midst of his ministry, he sees Jesus walking up, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen? He didn't hesitate. He didn't turn to his disciples and said, I don't, maybe that's him. I'm not, I, I don't know. He said, Behold. That's a, that's a statement like, I know, behold, that is the Lamb of God, and he will take away the sins of the world. There was no question. He knew him. No problem. They were cousins. They'd seen each other. He knew from the womb he knew, and yet now he's in prison. And he says, well, I thought he was coming to save us, and now I'm in prison And the rumor is they're going to cut my head off, and my cousin's out there preaching. Maybe that's not him. Maybe it's not him. Maybe I was wrong. And so he sends his disciples and said, can can you just verify? We want to verify because things don't look the way we thought they would look, and things aren't going the way we thought. You know, John, he's got a real thriving ministry, and now he's in prison, and, you know, he can't go around preaching, and he's not baptizing anybody in in prison. Remember, when you were baptized, and and all those people would come out in the desert to be baptized, and and so we're just wondering, you you said you're the Messiah, and the prophet Isaiah said when the Messiah comes, that he will save his people, and you will deliver us and and your cousin is in prison and so we just want to clarify 
We're just not sure. What do you do when you don't know what God is doing? What do you do when everything doesn't look like you expected it to look? Do you get stressed? Do you get worried? Do you get nervous? Do you become afraid? Do you lash out? You start eating too much, start drinking too much, start doing something else too much? Do you, do you fall into this trap of, of I, I'm not sure what God is doing, I don't understand it, and we lose our rest, we lose our peace, and we get all messed up in the mind, and, and, and we're nervous, and we're stressed, and we're worried, and, and we start trying to figure out how, how can I make sure that I'm okay, because if God's going to leave me in prison, i got to do something, i got to take care of things, somehow i got to take care of me, because I can't see God. What do you do when God doesn't do anything? What do you do when you don't understand why he's not doing anything? I want you to know today that no matter what it may feel like sometimes, God is always working for your good. Can I get an amen for that? The Bible says that he is working all things together for your good. Everybody say all things. All things. Amen. Say it again. All things. Right now, God is working for your good. You're listening to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is here. He's getting deep into your spirit. He's writing his word upon your heart so that you won't sin against him, that you might have all that he has for you. God is at work in your life right now. Amen? There may be some people out here sleeping. Maybe even snoring. God is still working for their good right now. They're out. They're snoring. They're sleeping. They're... In church. But God is still working all day. Because what's going to happen is somebody is hearing you snore. And what it's doing for them is it's making them think, i got to listen really close. And so everything that I'm saying is getting really deep into them because they're trying to tune you. Got to listen close. And somebody is hearing you snore. So when you go to the restroom later, they're going to like, brother. Wake up, man. We can't hear nothing. If you got a wife, I don't even want to talk about what she's going to say when you get home. Your kids are going to be like, Dad, you get upset with me when I fall asleep, and now you're, come on. All things, when you're driving on 410, when you get a flat tire, when you run out of gas, when somebody does something they shouldn't do to you, all things, God is working together for the good. Amen? When you get sick, when you get tired, when everything goes wrong, God is still working in all things for your good. Amen? All right, y'all didn't hear any of that. I'm going to start over. Let's go back to Matthew. Amen? All things. You got a fight with your spouse today on the way to church? God was working in that. (laughs) I got personal. I heard it. God's working in all things. Amen? The thing is, sometimes it gets dark. Remember last week I was talking about how Jesus referred to himself as a seed, and a seed has to die. And when a seed dies, it goes into the ground. It goes into a dark place. And so sometimes when, when uh, we go into a dark place, because Jesus said that he would die in order to produce more seeds. We are the seeds. Amen? Everybody say seeds. And so sometimes as a seed, we go into a dark place. 
But I want to remind you, in a dark place is when the things that are of the flesh begin to die and the things that are of the spirit begin to live. And so even in the dark place, even when you can't see it, when you don't know what God is doing, you can't figure it out, everything seems unright, everything is all messed up, and you've, you have a, a, a temptation to get stressed, to get worried, I just want you to know in the dark place, things that need to die are dying. And things that need to come alive are coming alive. You can trust him. Don't be afraid of the dark. Amen? Don't be afraid of the dark. God is with you even there. Let's keep reading Matthew chapter 11, verse 4. John has sent his disciples saying, (laughs) you know, things don't seem right to John. He didn't think it would go down like this. And so here's Jesus' answer. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Amen. He, and so they, they say, we're, we're not sure. John's sitting in prison. You know, he's got a death sentence and he's a little nervous and not sure. Are you, are you the one who's coming or, or should we look for someone else? And Jesus said, go back and tell John, here's what's happening. Miracle after miracle after miracle, the dead are being raised, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the good news are being preached everywhere that I go. And, and, and that was enough. The disciples didn't go back to John and said, okay, John, here's what he said. He's doing miracles. And John didn't say, okay, what does that mean? John didn't say, yeah, but I'm still in jail. John didn't say, did you tell him I'm getting my head cut off pretty soon? John didn't say anything. John, we, we never hear of the disciples going back to Jesus. Jesus, you know, we, that was a strange answer, so we just want to ask you one more time because he's still in jail. And he's still, he's still about to get his head cut off. And, and, and are you sure this is how it's going to be? And, and what I want you to see here is that John, it was enough for him just to know God was working. It was enough. He didn't have to know all the details. He didn't have to understand what's going on. You see, our problem is we got to know all the details. God says, I will prosper you. Everybody say prosper. Y'all like that promise? I will prosper you. Anybody? In, like four of us, praise God, that's, we have a revival, us four no more, right? <clears throat> that's a great promise. The problem that we get into is we want to know, okay, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Because this don't look like it. You know, my wife walked out, my grandmother's sick, I just lost my job, and you said you're going to prosper me, I don't see it. How are you going to do it? Because this isn't what I expected, this isn't what it looked like. Somebody got hurt, this happened and that happened, and I I thought you were going to prosper me. I got in my mind what it means to prosper, and this ain't it. And we get all upset because we're trying to figure out the who and the what and the when and the how and the when and the how and the who and the what. I think I missed one of them in there. (laughs) And we've got to come to a place where we say, yes, Lord, I know you're working, and that's enough. You see, sometimes we say, Lord, I know, I know you're working, but I'm still in jail. I know you're working, but my husband still left. I know you're working, but she's still sick. I know you're working, but I'm still dying. been praying for healing for years. I've still got the same problem. 
I, I know you're working, but I still don't have a job. I still can't pay all my bills. I still have an issue. I, 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 I know you're working, but my husband took my kids, and I can't. I know you're working, but where are you working? How are you? You said you would prosper me. I don't see it. And there's got to be something inside of us that says, you know, it's enough just to know he's working. We must rest knowing that God is working for us. Amen? And you don't need the details. Amen? That was quiet when I said that. Maybe you don't hear me. You don't need the details. Amen? Just turn to somebody next to you and say, you don't need the details. Amen? <laughs> you don't need the details. You might be in the dark, but something's dying that needs to die. Something's coming alive that needs to come alive. You don't know what it is. You don't know how it's going to happen. God's ways are higher than ours. Have you heard that one before? And, and so he is working, and you're never going to rest until you come to the place where, God, if I know you're working, if I know you're doing something, even in the dark, I still trust you doing something, I'm okay. And we don't rest. We get stressed. We get worried. We get all, ooh, ooh. Why? Because we want to know how. How are you going to bring her back? How are you going to get him out of the hospital? How is healing going to come? What is the judge going to say? When am I going to get my kids back? When am I finally going to be able to uh, get the promotion that they keep skipping over? When, how, who, what? We have to rest in knowing just God's working. He's working. If it hadn't happened yet, that doesn't mean he's not going to prosper you. It just means it might be in a different way. Amen. Anybody ever been prospered by God in a way you didn't think? Amen. Uh, there used to be an old country song that said, thank God for all the girls I didn't marry or something like that. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I have been prospered in a way that I didn't expect because God got some, you know, crazy women away from me and brought me the right one and I was blessed you know I had to ask her out every day for three years you know how many times I said God this must not be the one nope not the one but God wouldn't let it go sometimes we get blessed in ways we don't expect amen all right let's keep going Matthew 11 verse 17 so as John's disciples were leaving Jesus turned to the crowd and began to speak about John. He said, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Amen? John's in prison, sends his disciples. Uh, we're not sure. Things don't look right. Are you really the guy? He's go back and tell John, I'm working. I got it under control. Just trust me. John trusts him. 
But then he turns to the people and he said, don't you understand? This is John the Baptist. This is the guy that the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years ago said, he is the one that would prepare the way for me. You're missing it. Here I am. The kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom of heaven is near. And you're missing it. You're completely oblivious. You don't even understand what is going on. And, and, and I want you to know today the kingdom of heaven has already come. When Jesus said pray that, that on, on earth things will be done as in heaven, it's because it's possible. When Jesus came, he said, behold, the kingdom of heaven is near. Amen? We, we get so excited about thinking about going up to heaven. Heaven has come down. Are you missing it? Are you missing it? When Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, he said it's like a man who sowed good seed. And, and as the good seed was growing up, the enemy came and planted bad seed. This is what messes us up. Because we plant good seed and we see good things going on in our life. We think, well, we should have this beautiful crop. But at the same time, the enemy is here and there's weeds growing up. And we think, well, this, this doesn't seem right. And, and, and in, that, in that parable, the, the people went to, the, to the, the farmer and they said, you want us to go and pick the weeds? He said, no, the weeds just look like, just like the weed until the very end, so wait till the end. And we get all upset because there's weeds in our life. Just because there's a weed in your life doesn't mean the kingdom of heaven is not here for you right now. Amen? Just because things are not perfect doesn't mean you can't have all that God has for you. Are you with me this morning? If you are, say Amen. If the person next to you is going, leave him alone. God's working. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like yeast being worked in the dough just a little bit, and it spreads throughout. If you just let God begin to work in your life, it'll begin to spread more and more in every place of your life. Amen. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field where a man found the treasure so he went and sold all he had so he could buy that land so he could have that treasure. One of the reasons that we don't see the kingdom of heaven is because we haven't gone all in. We haven't said, Lord, I'm a, I'm a, I have found you and I'm selling everything else just to have you. And so we don't see the kingdom of heaven and we think, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. No, because the treasure's hidden. It's hidden. It's for you. It's for those that have ears and those that have eyes. Those that reject God are never going to see it, but those who by faith accept it are going to begin to see it. Amen? And let me read this to you, Matthew 13, verse 52. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Amen? Do you understand today, if you're a believer, that the kingdom of heaven is here for you now? New treasures, new peace, new love, new mercy. Amen? Do you, do you understand God wants to do something brand new in your life that is beautiful and wonderful? He wants to give you new power, new blessing. Amen? Is anybody awake in here at all? Is everybody? I don't know. God wants to do something new and brand new in your life. And, and, and we're sitting here saying, yeah, but there's weeds, and I'm still in prison, and my kids are over here, and is this really God? He's working. Marriage is still messed up. He's working. You still haven't been able to live your dream. He's working. The kingdom of heaven is here for you right now. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Amen? 
Let's keep looking there. Matthew 11, verse 16. Jesus says, to what can I compare? Remember, he's talking to these people, and he's saying, you're missing it. And now he says, to what can I compare this generation? In other words, what, what can I say you were like? He says, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sing a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Here's what he's saying. You're missing it. The kingdom of heaven is right. I'm right here. I'm right here. I want to do what in your life, my plan that is perfect and wonderful and great. It is abundant. There's still going to be weeds. But I still want to do great things in your life, and you're missing it. And he says, here's the problem. This is why you're missing it, because you played the pipe and I didn't dance. You sang a dirge. A dirge is a, is a, a, a lament. It's a song uh, when somebody dies. And, 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 and he says, you're like somebody singing a dirge and you want me to mourn and weep and cry. He said, you're, you're like somebody that plays the, a, a song and, and you expect me to dance. The problem is I didn't dance. You expected John the Baptist to be something and he's different. You expected me to be something, and I'm not like that. And because I'm not what you expected, because I'm not doing what you thought I should do or what I was going to do, you're missing it. Amen? Jesus didn't behave the way that they expected. Let me tell you something. God doesn't report to you. Amen? He doesn't report to me either. He's in charge. I'm not on the board of directors in heaven. You got the Father, you got the Son, you got the Holy Spirit. That's it. I don't get to decide. He doesn't report to me. The Bible says his ways are higher than ours. I want to tell you his ways are better than ours. Amen? Our love is limited. So even if I wanted to do it my way, all I'm going to think about are the people that I love, the people that I care about, and I'm not going to think about the people that I don't know. I'm not going to think about the people I don't care about. I'm not going to think about the people that are mean to me. All I'm going to say is, Lord, I, 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 if you'll do it my way, I'll be blessed. Trust me. Let me tell you how to do it. I want this job, and I want that person, and I want this relationship, and I want this to happen, and I got a whole list. If you do this list, I'll be blessed, and we'll be happy. But God is bigger than that. He didn't say, I don't want to just bless you. I want to use you and bless other people through you. And so I have to give you more blessing than what you're ready for. And if I give it to you before you're ready, it's going to corrupt you. You're going to start thinking, "Woo, look at me. I'm all that in a bag of chips. He said, so every now and then you got to go in the dark place so that I can kill something, so that I can come alive even more. And as I come alive even more, then blessings don't fall into you. They flow out of you. His ways are higher than ours. Amen? He knows how much darkness you need. There are times in our life when we need to go through a hard time because we remember how to pray. There's a, there, there, there's, you learn more about prayer at 2 in the morning when everything is wrong and you can't sleep than you do in church. When everything is so bad and you can't sleep and, and your mind is racing and tears are going, you don't know what's going to happen, your life is a mess, you learn how to pray like you don't know how to pray at that time. 
Amen? And so he knows how much darkness you need. He knows how much suffering you need. The Bible says that he is a refiner of fire, uh, uh, refining the gold over the fire. He knows exactly how close to let you get to the fire, and he knows when you need relief. Amen? You ever been in that place where you said, Lord, I can't handle it anymore? I can't take it? Now, first of all, I start saying that immediately. Lord, I can't handle it. Somebody cuts me off. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> There's another weed. <laughs> Next time somebody cuts you off, just say, hello, weed. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't even listen to that. I hope you all were sleeping through that. <laughs> he knows when you need relief, though. When it finally gets to your breaking point, his promise is he will not give you more than what you can handle unless he gives you an escape. So he knows how much darkness you need, and he knows when you need to break through and finally have some light and things will go good. And he's balancing it all, not so that blessings fall into you, but they flow through you. Amen. Praise his name. Let me keep going. We're about, well, anyway, let's keep going. Verse 20. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles have been performed. Remember, he's talking to these people. He said, you know, John gets it. I told him I was working. He's fine with that, but you don't get it. And, 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 and so now he's talking about these towns. He said, uh, Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles have been performed because they did not repent. And he says, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. What is he saying? He said, I've been doing miracles left and right. And because I'm not the king, because I haven't overthrown Caesar, because I haven't taken over the government, because I hadn't done what you expected me to do, you're missing it. And he said, I've done left and right. I've healed people. I've fed people. I've done all this kind of stuff. And you're missing it. You're not repenting. You're not turning to me. Oh, yeah, you follow me around because you want another miracle. But you have yet to say, that's the Messiah. Let me ask you something. Hasn't he done enough for you already? I mean, if you never got another blessing, if nothing good ever happened in your life again, hadn't he done enough? I mean, aren't there some people here that, that if you look back in your life, you'd say, I never should be where I'm at today because I was so messed up doing so many things that my life should have gone a totally different way. But somehow, way, God reached out and brought me back. Is there anybody like that out here? Amen. I'm, I, and and ha, I mean, there, there are, listen, listen, I'm going to. I'm going to be honest with you. There are people here today that when you look at them and you look at who they're married at, you say, whoo, God does miracles. God does miracles. You know what I'm saying? There, there are some of us that have jobs that we shouldn't have, that have blessings that never should have come to us. There are things the enemy tried to do, try to steal our children, kill our children, destroy everything, and yet God, one miracle after another after another, just kept bringing them back and bringing them back. Amen? Hasn't he done? It, it, what he said to them is, I've done enough. I've done enough. We shouldn't be stressed out. 
We shouldn't be going crazy. We should have peace because we say, I know God is working. It may be dark right now. I may be in prison. I may be on death row. Everything may be wrong. But I know that he's working all things for the good. I know he is able. I know he is willing. I know he is the only one that can do it. I know he will not forget me. I know he will not leave me. I know he will not forsake me. I know the enemy cannot stand up against him. I know I belong to Christ. His name is written on me. I belong to him. I know that. And so I can be at peace. Amen? Verse 25 now. Verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Everybody say little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal. Now, remember, this is all in this, this question, are you the guy or not? Because it doesn't look like it. And he's telling the people, you're missing it because I, you, you, you played a pipe and I didn't dance. You, you, lay, you, you, you thought I was going to be something, and that's not how I can. I'm doing it different, and now you're all messed up. And, and here he's saying, Father, I praise you because you reveal this to little children. So this is in the same context. What, what he's saying is, you're missing it because you don't have the relationship with me that is needed in order to get it. He said, you, you have revealed it to little children. Amen? When, when I was a little kid, well, I was, I was never really little. Um, my mama's here. You can ask her. <laughs> it's a miracle she's still alive. I never sat in my room thinking, how are they going to feed me today? I just thought, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to the fridge. I, I never sat and thought, I, I wonder how they're going to clothe me today. I wonder, I wonder how they're going to make the money that they need to give me the clothes that, that I want. And when I wanted to do something, being a basketball league or anything, I didn't stress it. Oh, I wonder how they're going to do it. Nine-year-old kid, wonder how are you going to do it? How are you going? I didn't wonder about. It. I said, I want to play. They said, okay. Amen. See, little children don't wonder about how. They don't wonder about the details. Our problem is we want to know, okay, God, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? How? And the little children just say, I'm so glad you will. Amen. And see, we don't have rest in, in our soul because we, we come to God more like a teenager. Amen? Are any, any teenagers in here? Yeah, I wouldn't admit it either. I wouldn't admit it either. I'm kidding. <laughs> teenagers. God says, I want, you to, I want you to come see me this morning. In the morning, do I have to dress up? How long are we going to be there? Am I going to get paid? <laughs> and that's how we come to God. God says, I want you to forgive your sister. She started it. You know, she crossed the line. I didn't cross. She started it. Go tell her. We don't have rest because we don't come to God in a total, complete faith saying, Lord, I don't have to know how. I just know you will. I trust you. It may be dark today, but I know you're working. 
Amen. Y'all with me this morning? Let's keep reading. Matthew 11, verse 28 now. Jesus said at the end of all this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now think about what he just said. He just said, you need to come to the Father as a little child. The problem is we all think we're better than that. And we, and we, we want to know why. And we stress and we worry and we do all that kind of stuff. And he said, you got to come like a little child. Well, how can I become like a little child? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn. Because what did Jesus do? Jesus went around saying, you know, I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. I don't do anything unless he tells me to do it. If he tells me not to say it, I don't say it. If he tells me to say it, I say it. If he says this is how it's going to be, then, then that's it. And we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane the one time saying, Lord, this is going to be tough. This is going to be difficult. If there's any way to, to make it different, is there any way that I don't have to suffer on the cross, yet not my will but thine be done. I trust you. And so if you want to become a little child, he said, the way you become a little child, the way you develop a trust in God that is a blind trust so that you can be at peace even in the dark and be at peace even in the storm, you got to become like a little child. How do you do it? Take my yoke upon you. Everybody say yoke. A yoke is that wooden thing that's on oxen. When Jesus said this, he just said, I am a beast of burden. Jesus just said, I have come like a man, and I am a beast of burden. God is the plowshare. He's the one that is, that's driving the plow. All I'm doing is walking where he tells me to walk, saying what he tells me to say, doing what he tells me to do. And he said, if you want to trust God like a child, then you've got to just obey. Amen? Amen? You walk in his steps, we need to take his yoke upon us, and then in the end, just obey without hesitation, without rolling your eyes like a teenager, without asking a thousand, just obey. Why? 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 Because you're a preacher, you say, I got to, when you obey, you don't get in the way. Remember, God said to Abraham, I- I'm going to bless you like you've never been blessed. You're going to have a son. Abraham said, okay, waited, waited, waited. I'm getting kind of old here. Have you seen my wife? Woo! Hello. And so what happens? He brings his nurse, his, his wife's uh, maid in. He says, well, I'll, I'll do it for you, God, because apparently you're sleeping. God somehow had shown Moses, Moses, you're going to be the deliverer of your people. I put you in this position so you can do it. And Moses saying, okay, when, How? It's not happening. And so he loses his temper, kills a man. You see, when I don't obey, I get in the way of God. But if I'll obey, then I can watch it play out and I can see, well, I did what God asked me. And because I did what he asked me, now I see the results of that. The Lord said, forgive 70 times 7. If you will forgive, you will see the benefits of forgiveness. If you don't ever forgive, you'll never see it. If you never see it, how can you trust it? But if we'll just obey and say, Lord, I'm just going to do it the way you told me to do it, then you'll see it play out. And so the next time it comes around and God says, okay, remember when I asked you to forgive and it worked out okay, forgive again. Okay. I trust you. I know you're working. Quit worrying about how it's going to happen. 
The Bible says, speak the truth in love. It says, let nothing come out of your mouth except what's good for building others up. Yeah, but Lord, you don't know. They need to hear this. Let me tell you that. They, they need, I got a whole list of stuff, and they need to hear it today. And they need to hear it loud. You know, that's why Moses didn't get into the promised land. God said, I want you to speak to the water or speak to the rock so water will come out. And, and he said, yeah, but that's grace. And right now they need to be chewed out. So I'm going to go chew the people out. And when he chewed them out, he got so angry, he hit the rock. Now, God still honored him and water came out. But then the Lord said, because you did not trust me enough, you can't go into the promised land. Are you missing it today? Because you think, well, this, this isn't the way I thought it would. You know, a lot of times I, I like to get on uh, websites where, what, are they, what do they call them, where you're talking to each other? A ch- what is it? A chat room. I like to get on atheist chat rooms and, uh, and chat, which is not really chatting. You're typing. They just call them type rooms. But anyway, that's another thing. <clears throat> And so I, I, was, I was chatting with this, this one guy, and, and he's very strong in his disbelief, and, 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 and we were going back and forth, and, and he said, well, aren't you going to try to make me a Christian? And I said, no. Just one word, no. And he said, well, I thought you were a preacher. I said, yes. He said, why aren't you going to try to make me a Christian? I said, I can't make you do anything. And I said, and you will only discover that God is real when you, by faith, jump all in. I can't reason with you in a way to make you a Christian. I might, I might could reason with you to get you to see maybe there's a God. But for you to know God, you got to jump in by faith. So what's the point of me typing 12 books trying to get you to do something that only you can do? And a lot of times people look at God and they say, well, this isn't the way that I understand Christianity. From the outside, not even believers, saying, well, this isn't what I thought it would be. This isn't how God, God should do it this way. God should do it that way. And because of that, they never jump in. And because they never jump in, they never see. Amen? And what he's saying right here is take my yoke upon you, jump all in, just obey, and God will not disappoint Amen? He will not disappoint. Bow your heads with me and let me pray. Heavenly Father, we, we love you. We thank you. Lord, I pray that you would help us for the times that we want to know how and why and when. The times when our head says that you are God and our heart says, but I'm not sure. Forgive us, Lord, when we have questioned you, doubted you. Forgive us when we've taken matters into our own hands. Forgive us, Lord, when we've gotten angry because you're not doing it the way we thought you should or thought you would. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't have the faith because we played a pipe and you didn't dance. Lord, remind us that you don't report to us, that you are God, we're not. But let us never forget that you are God and you keep your promises. 
and all things, all things are working together for our good. All things. So, Lord, I pray that as this sinks into our spirit, that there would be a spirit of peace, a spirit of rest, or a spirit of relief that we don't have to make things happen. We just have to obey. We have to love you like a child loves his daddy, like a, like a little girl loves her mama. Lord, teach us that. As we obey you, let us see how much you love us. Let us see how much you care. Let us see how much you protect. Let us see all that you have planned for us. And Lord, as we see that, let us respond by loving you more. If there's anybody here today, church, that just needs to repent, to say, Lord, I'm sorry because I doubted you. I'm sorry because I questioned. I'm sorry because I got angry. The Bible says as we confess, he forgives. And he cleanses us of a guilty conscience. Throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be brought up again. And we start new. For his mercy is new every morning. But I pray that you would just be our rest, be our peace. Let our souls have tranquility. No matter what the storm, no matter how dark it may seem, let us always remember that all things you are working for the good for those who believe in you. We give you praise and we give you glory. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said together, amen, amen. Can we give God a praise offering for how good he is? Amen. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.